Get ready. Get ready. For the Steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Steak Shapiro. I've now added myself. <laughs> the show is off to a great start, I'll tell you that. You cannot tell me that you get to all. Sandra Golden. You created sell one of your children. It's not a big deal. Hey, Rusty Menzel. Everybody's trying to be dads and businessmen. And Drew Butler. And now that she just won album of the year last night, see if you can parlay that with some Travis Kelsey magic on Sunday. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome to Thursday. The Steakhouse is open. I hope you enjoy the next two hours. Thanks for being with us. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden. As uh, we get you through uh, what should be a beautiful day here in the ATL. And typical of the last week, we start off a little chilly. This morning is going to be beautiful in the 60s later on today, and a uh, great opportunity to, I don't know, I I know this, uh, baseball started, lacrosse has started, soccer has started, all the spring sports are rocking and rolling, which means the school year is closer to coming to an end than you'd imagine, and um, a lot of folks are uh, going to be enjoying uh, some of that stuff over this weekend. I noticed well. the sun coming up a little earlier today yes. as well. I can feel it right around the corner, and uh, did you have a nice Valentine's Day? We had a very lovely Valentine's Day, um, of course, started yesterday. I was I was out in front of everybody else because I leave the house relatively early, so had all my girls taken care of with the flowers nice. and the cards and everything. Nice. So every time they got up or walked downstairs, they you know had everything laid out for them. And then last night, my wife went old school, ordered from the Palm, the fabulous Palm restaurant where you and I spent so many oh, evenings. That's right, so nice. Full spread from the palm. I'd been talking about it with the cream spinach and the GG salad and steaks and uh, linguine and clam sauce. And the whole family got to kind of pick around that. Lovely. We watched a documentary on Motown that just popped up on Showtime. Hung out and uh, had a great night. So super. That's perfect. How about you? What'd you do? We are actually going to, well, we celebrate big time this week and we're going away to the Highlands because of my birthday and stuff. But we got gifts and uh, Larry made ribs and just had a really nice birthday night. Birthday is Sunday. Birthday's Sunday. Me and baby Sophie yes, share the same, the, baby birthday. Sophie yes, the same birthday. Yes, yes. February 18th. So you're going to the Highlands, one of my favorite we're places. Dry, we're going to uh, Cherokee, do Harris, and uh, have a little oh, gambling. Wow. Then we're going to Highlands and uh, just kind of have a nice getaway. Where do you stay in the Highlands? You got some fancy we're, friends. We got there. a nice Verbo, which we love Verbo. Yes. A, a great little place. Supposed to be awfully chilly. But I want to just kind of thoughts and prayers today. Do you know what today is in terms of Valentine's Day? In terms of Valentine's Day? It's the biggest day. day of breakups. Oh, Two wow. out of every ten couples have a breakup today after Valentine's because Day. Because what? Is it kind of like after the holidays, same mindset? It's kind of like, like you realize well, we hung in there or my, I didn't feel it yesterday. I didn't feel what I should feel. Yes. My theory is disappointment of like this. Did I not get a ring? Where are we going with this? Mostly on the woman's side. Okay, that makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? Yeah. Did you guys know that? It's the biggest breakup day. So call your friends. Check on yeah. wellness check. <laughs> Otherwise known as a day of great celebration for a lot of men out there, right? That's not nice. Sorry. I'm, well, I'm just awful. saying, if you didn't give the ring, you probably, there's a reason. Listen, this is not breaking news. And you don't have the guts to break it off, so yeah. she did it. And now, don't you think if you know your relationship isn't going good, that it's not breaking news? Like, you can feel it when it's not right. If you sat across from each other last night going, what are we doing here? It's probably yeah. not great. So Okay. Well, um, so maybe a, a a big night out, if nothing else, on February 15th. 15th. Yes. That's exactly right. All so, right, should we get to our 9 at 9? Yeah, the sad news that is the Hawks. 
Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top nine at nine. Nine. On the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. We will get to the fake sad news, or it's kind of sad news, the Hawks, but the real sad news, obviously, is the parade yesterday in Kansas City, the fallout from that story, an awful story. Uh, more details. I tried to read up as much as I could right up till game time uh, for our show. Um, three folks have been apprehended, um, apparently rumored to be the shooters at the parade that happened out in front of, uh, what is it, Union Station Union yesterday Station. in mm-hmm. Kansas City. And uh, terrifying to think about how many kids sustained gunshot wounds, apparently uh, knock on wood, uh, many of them or all of them will survive. Not the case with a radio broadcaster, DJ, that was at the parade, covering the parade, that is dead. Lisa Lopez, a 44-year-old radio DJ, mother of two. Yeah. 11 children out of the 22. 11 were children. Very much uh, buttoned up on what motives might have been, um, who these shooters actually are. A lot of information will be coming out, but... Um, it's just a, the it, heroes were not the Kansas City Chiefs. The heroes that day were the three or four people that took those gunmen down, just ran them down. They ran past them and they went after them. Yeah, well, fascinated that, by the urge to either run from or if somebody's running past you, what would you do? Well, I mean, I think in that situation, if you have a chance to take down a shooter, you have no choice. I mean, he's running through the crowd there, and and you know that something is nefarious. I believe. And the police are in the in the mix as well. So, yes, average citizens, you have kids being shot. Obviously, people have to step up. Um, we all remember the ridiculous tragedy that happened in Ovalde, Texas, the worst malfeasance by police officers in history. And I think the public and officers in general, they are not delaying. They are acting as quickly as they can. We'll get more information as it comes out. Talk about destroying what was a perfect day in Kansas City of a lot of chiefs getting overserved and hanging on that parade. Yeah. That's all they'll remember from this. Uh, you know, in a way, I'm glad they've had other parades and other Super Bowls because this will not be remembered as the day of a celebration. It'll be remembered as the day of the shooting. Well said. Uh, Hawks were favored by six and a half points last night in Charlotte. Charlotte is uh, 12 and 41 yeah, as think, the night I, approached. I think it's about rock bottom for the Atlanta Hawks and uh, Quinn Snyder. I mean, you absolutely got smoked. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Make no mistake about it. That's who Charlotte is. They're not trying to compete this year. You went there and got absolutely – I could care less that you had a couple of guys out um, at center. Okay, Bruno Fernandez had to play because Okongu and, uh, and Capella were out. But uh, listless effort, embarrassing effort, embarrassing first half of the season. And um, I think for Quinn Snyder and uh, the time of the All-Star break is certainly a time to look at what has gone horribly wrong for this basketball team. Stay where you are at 10 o'clock. Rajon Rondo was on a podcast, and when I tell you what he says about Trey Young is unbelievable, and I think we're going to have a lot of regrets when he marches on to another team. Rondo loves him some Trey Young. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, Trey Young has some growing up to do as well. He gets he talks uh, about it. fined $35,000 for gestures towards uh, referees the other night. I love Trey. You know I've been on his bandwagon the entire season, but boy does he spend a lot of time talking to referees and talking about how he's being done wrong. So we'll get into that later on as well. By the way, we didn't even mention Alex Anthopoulos live at spring training in Northport, joining us in about 15 minutes. Say where you are. World Series or bust is the word out of camp. We heard it during Braves Fest. It was Spencer Strider saying it's a World Series or else, and A.J. Mentor echoed those same uh, feelings as well. 
Uh, Tiger Woods is paired with Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland. He is playing for the first time since the Masters of last year. He withdrew during the third round, so they tee off at 12:25. Joey Logano is on the pole. Earned that last night for Daytona. It is Speed Week. Uh, NASCAR does a cool thing. They really start with their Super Bowl. This is the biggest race of the year, as you just heard Mike and Bo talk about it. Super fun tonight. The duels, first one starts at 7, second at 8.45. Denny Hamlin is your favorite if you like to bet on this kind of stuff. That, that will be very entertaining to see how Mike and Bo navigate the morning show tomorrow. Isn't that fun that they're doing that That's from awesome. Daytona? Yeah. hope they bring in some of the folks just floating around the uh, – where are they going to be? Are they in the infield or where are they? They're, I think they're, they're in, in a hotel room. Oh, oh they're, yeah, they're they're staying they're at a house. house. Yeah, okay. yeah. Have you ever done that ever? Like been in the infield in a in a no. RV? No, I've been to Atlanta Motor Speedway numerous times. But what do you got day uh, day? Oh, I have done that before. Turn four at Atlanta Motor Speedway. I did it for a couple of years in my '96 Rock days. So, yeah. what was that like? It's awesome, and this was my introduction to NASCAR. Like, I, I'm, I was familiar with it, but as far as live and in person, what's, what's the demographic? What percentage? Oh well, back then, uh, I was actually labeled the only black guy at NASCAR. <laughs> no, they've Not done like a much, they've but done they've a done it. Yeah, it's dra- like if you go to Atlanta Motor Speedway now, they do a big like little deal. Uh, to kind of celebrate audience. the yeah, no, so no it's, doubt. you have Michael Jordan by one of the best teams in NASCAR now with right. Bubba Wallace. They have a massive following. Not only that, that a lot of NFL players, Major League Baseball players, have jumped on board now of the fandom, and it is. I mean, I can't name another sporting event where you can bring in a cooler. And do your business in the stands, and, you know, it's just – it's technically so advanced with, from what it used to be. And you get those headphones and tune into your favorite driver's crew, and then you just rock out. You hear every single bit of coaching. It's like you hear the mic'd up live. So if you heard Travis Kelsey mic'd up after the fact, you hear it live during the game and during the race. It's really – Quite fascinating. So, anyway, that's a big deal, and I'm excited for those guys going. That's really your 9 at night. All right. There's some things that you need to be aware of coming up over the next 72 hours. we got our post-football malaise. Make sure it's not a malaise, right? You didn't mention, by the way, Georgia Tech loses at Notre Dame last night. Um, the Jackets now dead last in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, their record in the conference has dropped to... What do they got? Three wins and 11 losses. Um, they are the worst team in the ACC. And I, I am, I, I I don't know what to say about Damon Stoudemire's first year other than it's nice you beat Duke in Carolina, but you are awful right now Lost as well. straight now. Georgia will play against the Gators, I Saturday. think, coming up this weekend mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos, when we come back, live from spring training, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 929 the game. Now back to more of the steakhouse. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. On Sports Radio 929 the game. 922 Sports Radio 929 the game. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden. It's the fastest two hours in radio. Nine o'clock hour is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment. Life changing results. AdvancedHair.com. Steak and Sandra waiting on Alex Anthopoulos to join us, the general manager of the Atlanta Braves. The fun and excitement and the, uh, and I've said this before, the the surge of uh, energy that comes when pitchers and catchers report in spring training opens. 
All due respect to my southern brethren here, and I've been here long enough to be almost a native of Atlanta, it's not the same as it is up north. It just isn't. And, and up north, they've got another month, two months or longer of, of winter, mm-hmm. right? But but there is something about in the dead of winter um, when it's dark at 4 o'clock, and it's not quite as bad in February, but, but that notion of seeing the trucks pulling out of Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium or wherever all the equipment is, and realizing, like, hey, we don't have that much longer to go, right? And all those news anchors, as you remember, Sandra, growing up, like the TV anchors get to now, you know, they, they're they there for the first day of spring training. So fun. Yeah. And I talked about, you know, growing up, that first glimpse of guys you grabbed in the offseason and free agency coming out of the uh, dugout, coming up through the tunnel and up the stairs in a new uniform. There was something that was just awesome. You know, baseball – I would not say baseball is number, my number one sport anymore, but growing up, it was not even close. Right. You know, and, and following the hot stove league is what it was called, which was the offseason in baseball and watching where guys were going to end up. And, you know, um, no, nowhere near the movement that you see now, but any, any move, you know, I grew up with the same lineup for it's kind of like the Braves. Braves are like old school in that, you know, maybe I'll ask Alex as well. But when I was growing up, you had very few changes over years. Yeah. You know, your outfield was Jim Rice, Fred Lynn, and Dwight Evans. Your infield was Butch Hobson, Rick Burleson, Jerry Remy, and and, and uh, Cecil Cooper, or George Scott. Your catcher was Carlton Fisk. And I could name the same lineup on the Yankees, the Tigers, the Orioles, the Twins. Like, there was not a lot of movement, right? Yeah. So when there was, it was a huge deal at spring training. The first I, think, time. I definitely think one of the coolest things ever and having been down there for 23 straight years in Orlando was meeting the people that were on either a dad and a dad and their father or dad and kids. And we are going to every single park in the Grapefruit League and they would be there for a week. So you navigate yourself, you drive through it. The great the uh, Cactus League is e- even easier to do. But that you want to talk about a bucket list event. Yeah, generational of years. And again, spring training sites have moved around a lot, right? You know, um, but but for for years that was your ballpark, and it was at a different level of access. Um, but also the uh, a different level of access, yes. And I almost like the old school. I was in West Palm Beach. The Braves were in West Palm Beach. That place was not as nice as some of the no. high school Win- places and college. Winter places. Haven, Florida. Yes, you even this, I mean Dodger had- Town in in Vero Beach. You would have passed that in the highway and not known what it was. Yeah, but that was the charm. Right. I mean, it was we- almost like a dorm. You know that everybody stayed. Yeah, there. I don't it was think old a, school. I don't think a lot was going on in Winter Haven, Florida, when the Red Sox would roll in there when I was a kid. And and now and Alex can tell us that. Alex, it's a whole new world from the one Sandra's talking about at, at Vero Beach and Winter Haven. Yeah. And the, these is, this is big business, um, you know, spring training baseball. And good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Actually, you know what's crazy? I actually went to a game in Winter Haven. I was with the Blue Jays, assistant GM, like for one of the last few years that it was the Cleveland Indians at the time were there. But, man, that place was rough. And the clubhouse was like the size of a closet. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you're a great facility. It, it, but I remember, I remember going, and then they were gone like two years later. Yeah. I mean, when I was talking about growing up in the 70s, there's something about the Northeast, and you can relate to that, certainly, you know, Canadian yep. wise. When, when the trucks would pull out, and, you know, you're in Toronto, or you're in Boston, or you're in Cleveland, or Chicago, or New York, and you're like, how much longer is winter? There was an energy, uh, a palpable excitement when the TV 
cameras would show you that and you say, hey, maybe we're not that far away from, you know, being done with this stuff. Oh, 100%. I remember, you know, look, obviously, like you said, I'm from the, the Northeast, so, you know, grew up in Montreal, um, you know, not far from the Vermont border, about, about an hour and a half away. And, um, you know, I remember just waiting for the newspaper to come in in, in the snow e- each day and reading the sports page and then getting my Bill James book shipped to me. And then when spring training hit, you know, we didn't have ESPN there, but TSN is a, you know, the ESPN owns part of TSN. It's, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's a Canadian version of, of ESPN. And, um, you know, they would have Mo- Montreal Expo spring training highlights. There'd be sports desk, sports center type at 6 p.m. or 6.30. And I would, like, wait for the Expo's little clip of, like, the palm tree and someone throwing a bullpen. Right. I was so excited. And then, you know, obviously, you saw the trucks before then. And 100%. When you're northeast, you're chomping at the bit. And it was so exciting. And look, you get spoiled in Atlanta. It's always beautiful. It's always warm. Yep. And you can just get in your car and drive down to Florida. I talk about Hot Stove League, which really I grew up with Peter Gammons writing the Sunday column in the Boston Globe. Oh, yeah. Any- I used to drive down. I used to bike down to the corner store every Sunday to buy the Globe to read the notes. It was Peter Gammons. It yep. was Gordon Eads. Oh, wow. I used to buy big, thick Boston Globe newspaper when I was a kid. It was awesome. Yeah, because he's the guy that kind of started doing that, that column that now is common. And the other thing was, Alex, the first glimpse, and I remember it, and not to wax poetic too much about the Northeast, but Andre Dawson, the first time you see him in a Red Sox uniform, I mean, that was, like, iconic, you know. It, it, you know, unfortunately for Braves fans, kind of like with Dale Murphy showing up in a Phillies uniform. But, I mean, the first glimpse where very few free agents moved, and that was your first I – mean, it was, like, staggering to see guys in different uniforms. Oh, yeah, and that's – I think, like, obviously I'm a sports fan, but – I miss being a baseball fan. I was such a baseball fan. I just, all those things you talked about, the new uniform, the players. I always like, I used to joke around when I was scouting in Toronto and an assistant GM. And I told the story of how, you know, the Montreal Expo's second baseman at the time, Delano DeShields, got traded to the Dodgers for Pedro Martinez, who was, you know, spot starter, reliever at the time, right. obviously Hall of Famer today. But I was so upset. I was so angry. Right. I love Delano DeShields. He's one of my favorite players. You're leaning over the railing, ready to fight, guys. And obviously, it was, but I was a fan, right? I wasn't educated, I wasn't informed, and it was great. Yep. And and I think that's why I enjoy the ability to be a fan of the Hawks and the Falcons because I don't have inside information. I don't know the players. I'm not. I could just be totally – not be objective at all and be a fan, and it's fun, and I get to do it with my kids. Well, speaking of uh, Montreal, you can be a fan here or, or be objective. How good was that Expos team that was cut by the uh, strike, and how loaded was that roster? you still believe that that was the one that could have won a world championship? Oh, yeah. I mean, so you got to remember, too. So, you know, you grow up in Montreal. The games aren't on, on TV. Um, that team, had you know, finally was really good, best team in baseball. I remember I used to watch this week in baseball all the time, and, you know, we had a VHS. We had a Betamax before then. But – I remember they did a they did a, a little piece on the Expos that year on this week in baseball, and I was so proud yep. that they made this week in baseball that I taped it, you know, because I was like, my Expos are on this week in baseball, like everyone knows about them, you know. And it's funny when I got the Braves job because I watched the Braves a ton. We had satellite, we had T- I watched the Cubs, I watched the Braves, but a ton of Braves games growing up because we had TBS at home. But when I got the job with the Braves, um, I remember talking to John Sherholtz, Bobby Cox. Chipper Jones as well, and um, I remember asking them because the Expos, when the strike hit, were six games up on the Braves, 
And I remember where I was when Cliff Floyd hit a grand slam off Greg Maddox. And it was a huge deal for us. And, um, you know, Bobby Cox told me he didn't think they would have won the, the division. John Schultz obviously totally did not agree. He's like, we would have come back. <laughs> yeah. We would have we we won. That team was but, loaded. I mean, think about that. Awesome. And it's sad yeah. because of what could have been and everything else. You know, it's one of those things that you just, you know, you look back how things could have changed. But, you know, you never, I'd never in a million years thought I'd work in sports, never, you know, work for a baseball team, become a GM, end up with the Atlanta Braves, you know, one of the best organizations ever. So it's kind of crazy the way it all, it all works out. Yeah. Alex Anthopoulos with us live from spring training. On the spectrum of how busy Alex Anthopoulos is, an afternoon in, uh, let's just say, November, a day in June, and spring training for the next few weeks. How different are your days and what's the routine over the next six weeks? So I would say uh, people ask all the time, like, what's your schedule like? And, you know, they figure everyone thinks during the season you're the busiest because you're playing games all the time. And, yeah, of course, you're playing games, but, you know, there's not as much administrative issue. Like, the, you know, when we're – and it's, obviously it's not a nine-to-five. It's a, it's, a day, it's, a, it's a quality of life. It's, 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 your job is your life in a lot of ways because it's constant. But the busiest time is the off-season because there's so much to do. There's a ton of administrative stuff, obviously contracts, but budgets, all kinds of stuff. But you're slammed come November because there's just so much going on between staffing, players, rosters, scouting, development, all of it. So it's really crazy. You get to spring training and, like, for the most part, the work is done. You have stuff you're doing day-to-day and you're building relationships and all that kind of stuff. So um, it, there's a little bit of Groundhog Day to it, and uh, you don't want to take it for granted, but – no, the work is really for Snit and the coaches and, and the players. Um, I'm almost there in a little bit for some of the quality control stuff, just, hey, let's kind of keeping everybody informed of what we're dealing with, some administrative stuff. You know, I'm aware of what we're doing, what's going on. We, we meet with every player in camp um, before they have an at-bat, before they throw an inning. And the only reason we, we do that is because I remember when I was in an AGM in Toronto, you know, guys, I remember, like, I'd walk past guys in the hallway and say, hey, how you doing? Good morning, this and that. And then, like, that afternoon, you're getting a call from the agent saying, hey, my guy wants to know where, where he stands, what's his role. And I kept thinking to myself, why the guy just walk behind me and not ask, you know? So I started thinking and started doing it in Toronto. Let's just pull everybody in at the beginning of camp, sit them down, here's the game plan, you know, you're, you're slated, you're competing for this spot, you're not going to make team, whatever it might be, but at least everybody goes into camp. And it's not like – we're doing it after they went 0 for 4 or they had a bad outing. We're doing it before they even played. And then we ask them questions. They get to ask us questions, but at least everyone knows where they stand. So that takes up a good chunk of time. And then once the game starts, you're just constantly evaluating and starting to, to cut down to 26. That's fascinating. Do you ever do you really say to guys you're likely not making the team? Yeah, I mean, look, certain guys that you know are just here, they're young guys. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, like, sometimes it'll be like, look, there's waves of cuts, right? Look, you might be on the first wave of cuts. Don't read into it, right? Because everybody reads into everything. Oh, did they not like me? Did I do something wrong? You know, if you're a young guy who was in high A last year and you're in your first spring training, it might be like, hey, spend time around Sean Murphy or, hey, spend time around Charlie Morton or, right. you know, whatever, or spend time around, you know, when Wash was here, whoever it was, just experience it. But look, you're likely going to be on the first wave of cuts. I just think as, as direct and as transparent as you yeah. can be, um, you know, guys won't necessarily always appreciate or enjoy hearing the truth. And they may not like it and they may not like you, but hmm. at least if you feel like you shoot them straight, at least from my standpoint, you put your head on the pillow at night. It is what it is. And, you know, guys that are competing, they're competing. But I think 
you want to explain ahead of time. Like, I don't want when it's time for them to get sent down uh, that it's like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. Right. Or you didn't tell me this could happen. Like, hey, you have options. You might get options. You're out of options. So if you don't make the team, we're putting you on waivers. So I'd rather put it all out on the table ahead of time. I mean, we're not trying to be glass half empty, but I'd rather just be completely straight. Or let's say we sign a minor league free agent. Hey, when we signed you, we told you you're competing for this spot. We're just reiterating that to make sure, you know, there's no ambiguity and so on. I just, I think we take it for granted that, like, imagine if you were a player and you're sitting here and you're showing up every day and everybody wants to know where they right. stand. Everybody wants to know what the outlook is. And they may not like it. And at least at that moment in time when they hear it, if they don't agree with something, they can come out and speak and we can have a conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in there. The coaches are in there. Let's put it all out on the table before you end up hitting the field. It's the old adage with a boss. If your employee is surprised by getting fired, you probably were a bad boss. Like you should, you know, right. no, no leading up, you know, where you stand. Real quick here, Alex Anthopoulos with us from spring training. As honest as you could be about a guy in his car thinking about what, what are some stories that you think will be fascinating as this roster gets put together that you're watching the same way a guy who's reading about the Braves and listening about the Braves every day as well. What are the things you're watching? Yeah, so we just had a – so we do – you know, obviously we meet with the players one-on-one, but before we do that, all the coaches that are in camp, so the minor league coaches that are here, the big league coaches are here, because 60 players are in camp. So the major league staff is not enough to cover all the bullpens and the hitting and everything else and the defensive work. You need a lot of staff. So we get all the staff together, the trainers and so on, and we review – all 60 players in camp because they're not the ones signing these guys in the winter or bringing them in or what our thoughts and plans and if there's things we want to see or work on and talk about. So um, we ultimately came away with, look, the battles in spring training are pretty much going to be who's going to be the fifth starter. How's that, how's that going to work out and what the implications would be with whoever we choose. This is all of course, assuming health. And then you know, in reality, uh, the last two spots on the bench, who are those guys going to be? And I know that's, I think it's a good thing that we don't have a ton of spots open, a ton of competition. That means you're a pretty established team and, a, and a, a good team. So, look, some of that might take care of itself because guys get hurt or, you know, don't perform and, and so on. But, I mean, I would say the number one thing to watch will be that fifth starter spot because we've got a lot of really talented young arms. The depth of our farm, the depth of our young talent is on the mound, and that's by, by design. Um, and, um, look, we had Bryce Elder with an all-star, and he's competing, you know, so yep. – it's a it's a really good spot to be in. And the notion of some hard throwing arms in the bullpen, maybe more so than late last year, more depth out there. I know you've talked about not giving Snit enough sometimes down the stretch. You're not gonna learn that now, but you certainly didn't have a vision for the bullpen that's a little different from last year. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, there's an adage that if you only have one left hander in the bullpen, you have none because you're gonna end up using him so much and you're you're gonna kill him. So and you know, I feel bad for AJ Minter. He's been phenomenal for us, but he's you know he's had a ton of appearances the last two years. And one, he's so good, but you know we just Dylan Lee got hurt. We didn't have the left-handed depth, and there's so many great left-handed hitters in our league that you can't use AJ Minter every day. You have to give him rest, and you can get exposed. So we definitely stocked up on left-handed guys in the bullpen. And again, like Nick can only do with what I give. You know, if I don't give him a good bullpen. You know, I don't think fans might get upset or whatever, but like to me, it comes down to the GM. If I don't give him good relievers, he can only do so much. So I tell him all the time too. You know, I'll say I, I apologize or this or that, and he he's great about it. He doesn't complain. He rolls with it. Uh, but he's the one who's got to go face the media at the end of each day. Or there, there's days where guys are down because we use them three days in a row. But 
I think depth of the bullpen is critically important. It'll keep guys fresh, keep guys healthy. And because our offense is so strong, even if you're down a run or two, you still want to have good relievers to keep the game at two to three runs so you can come back. So I made the mistake years ago where I was like, ah, oh, you know what, we have four good late-inning relievers. That'll end up being enough. And it burned us because they can't pitch every game, and there's other times that we're going to be behind that we want to keep the game close. Well, in true Canadian fashion, always self-effacing, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, <laughs> you've done a great job with the roster. Uh, hopefully, I know you're not quite as busy. Maybe every uh, 10 days, two weeks, we can check in, see how things are going. Glad to do it, guys. Thanks so much. Alex Anthopoulos, live from spring training. Right. Telling you there's not that many storylines, right? There's not. I mean, he's like a little bit what of like the last two guys. a wonderful problem to have. There's I'm not exactly a lot to right. do. Yeah, I'll take How about it. a GM that apologizes to his manager, right? Takes the heat. I mean, it's. How about the GM a, that sits down with every single player right, before we, his first out. at bat? Yeah, the anxiety of trying to figure out where I stand. I'll just tell you where you stand. That, by the way, that doesn't happen in baseball. He's different, man. He's Nine special. o'clock hour brought to you by Advanced Air Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results. Is new, not always better. Yeah, it is. In this winter season of basketball, I'll tell you about it. We come back. Sports Radio 929 again. In honor of Black History Month, Sports Radio 929 The Game wants to recognize some of the most on Sports Radio 929 The Game. 946 Sports Radio 929 The Game, 9 o'clock hour, brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results, advancedhair.com. I will say this about Alex Anthopoulos, and thanks so much for joining us. Um, it's going to be a long six weeks for us trying to build stories out of spring training. I mean, he just told you there's just not a lot that we're watching. We're not there's not really battles for any position. Um, you know, we got a new left fielder, which is kind of neat, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The battle for a fifth starter, which is kind of cool. How Chris Sale comes along as well. Bryce Elder, um, the last two positions on the bench. But I mean, think about it, Sandra. There aren't many teams in baseball that have less conversation than a team that's got these guys locked in and loaded the way the Not Braves locked do. and loaded and projected to be the best team in baseball and odds on to win the World Series, like it, even after the Dodgers. It doesn't matter if Matt Olson hits 150, we won't care. If Sean Murphy hits 400, like, we we just know. You and I have been down there, right? You know, like, hey, look at Derek Lowe. He's running those steps, and he's, he's all dialed in. You know, we're trying to find stories of, like, yeah. you know, you're searching for it. And not to say we don't love covering spring training because it's so fun, but – by the in three or four weeks, we're gonna be like, okay, let, let's get up here already, right? Let let's get so. To- so I I remember the spring training days, and I can remember this specifically on the day that David Justice was traded, right? To, for Kenny Lofton, yeah. I was literally feet on the ground. It's go time when they announced Chipper's retiring. I mean, there were some big days, yeah, yeah, down yeah. there. But I, I don't mean, think we're going to have too many big days coming no, I, up. It's few and far between, for sure. And, and, and I, I love your narrative through the years has always been whatever we're reporting on at spring training will be a 180 from what we're yeah. talking about in July. Yeah, you don't have any sense how seasons play out. The personality of those seasons are all their own entities, just like the Falcons, just like all that stuff we said. It, it, we never would have imagined. When we interviewed Arthur Smith to start uh, fall camp, fall camp, yeah, that that this guy won't have a job right. in five months. Right. This guy won't have a job. They'll they'll replace their quarterback five times. They'll go back and forth. Like just you know, it, it'll be one of the most disappointing seasons in the history of the like. We just you just don't see it coming. And and 
I think we know what the Braves' storylines are going to be, but a lot more will play out, certainly. Well, yeah. the storyline, according to them, is already a World Series or bust. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Spencer Strider started that, I believe, during Braves Fest, and then A.J. Minter was the first one to speak yesterday, and he followed it up. Yeah. I, I'm not shocked by that narrative. No, no, no. Like, and okay. my storyline is we go to Philadelphia week one, are we going to throw up Bryce Harper? Are we going to throw a high and tight? Are we going to send a message? That nonsense that played out at the end of the playoffs for us last year, where we really – you know, really let let the Phillies punk us the way they did. And it doesn't matter. Look, you can beat them 10-0 three days in a row. It's not going to make up for knocking us out of the playoffs two years in a row. But will there be a little swagger the way they really took it to us and, and made and, such and a is big a Kel- deal? is a Kelnick and a Chris Sale being in there because they're kind give of the badassery factor? Yeah, give it They a may edge. be the Jock Peterson. We are those mother freakers, you know, in the, in the room. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, again, we'll talk to Alex in a couple of weeks. Does he reflect and say, you know what? When I was chess piecing this team together, because he's so big on chemistry and personalities, did he miss that? Yeah. I mean, the, like you said about Jock Peterson, I mean, there was an edge there, right? And he's not considered a great guy all the time, right? But he certainly gave us what we needed. All right, we doing a quick tailgate here? It's time to tailgate. No, we tailgate. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by all four seasons garage and entry doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Well, I'm shocked uh, to read 24-7 sports reporting. Georgia State's head coach, Sean Elliott, is taking a job with South Carolina to be their tight ends coach. Not an NFL job. This isn't a division, you know. I, I could not agree with you more. I, 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 I mean, there's, can't believe it. You, you, like, you're the boss at Georgia State. You're the king. There's nobody that has more power, control, decision-making, and you're going to be a, you know, one of 20 guys on that staff, right, uh, in the yep. Southeastern Conference. Maybe he felt like from a career standpoint – Getting in the SEC, maybe NIL and Portal has become so anxiety-ridden. He was an assistant at South Carolina from 2010 to 2016. In fact, he came from there, and he's been at Georgia State ever since. That is not a good day for Georgia State to have that happen. Does that mean all those guys, I assume that doesn't mean they're in the portal now, or... How does that play Rusty, out? Rusty, Texas, yeah. I'm sure you're listening. No, they have a 30-day window yeah, that is so, opened. Yeah. Now and it's open. Yeah, so, at, so based off the new portal win, uh, window rules. Garrett, why do, you, why do you think he made that decision? I have no idea. Right. I, I think he, he I think he wanted to move away from a lot of the day-to-day responsibilities. I mean, Chip Kelly Literally. left UCLA because he specifically didn't want to fundraise. He didn't want to recruit at a high level. He, didn't want to, he just wanted to go coach football. And so now he's going to go coach football and call plays for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. But a, this one, to a tight ends coach position? I know, exactly. Interesting. It is, yeah. I, I like that he was had been there for so long before. Um, and I do think there's something to that level. And I know you talked to the Kennesaw State folks recently yes. as to, you think it's hard being like one of the lower tiers in even an SEC? Yeah, I mean. Try being that third or fourth tier of division and and. I don't know how you do it. I, I had dinner. And uh, in Georgia. I, I, I was looking out to be at a dinner with the president of Kennesaw State, impressive woman who just talked about college athletics and just talked about trying to compete at Kennesaw State or Georgia right, State. Right, or any, right. Like, you're up against it, man. I mean, you are up against it. The NIL portal world and everything else and trying to keep up with the Joneses, the massive collectives that are going on as well. All right, real quick, we got to go to break. Uh, Georgia Tech loses last night. Listen. Uh, Damon Stoudemire was in here live. Uh, was a big hire for them. Uh, NBA player, assistant coach in the Celtics. 
um, you know, big-time college uh, superstar. That's awesome. Th- this is terrible. I mean, this is terrible. They are the last-place team in the ACC. Right. They brought back – you tell me, Data. You've been to four or five games. They brought back everybody they needed to bring back from last year's team, right? Yep, and added a couple of pieces. Uh, what's Nathan best George? Players. Yeah, Nate their George. Best, yeah, their best players are freshmen. Mm-hmm. So you took last year's team that wasn't great, but Josh Pastner went six and fourteen with them. And then you added three or four freshmen that can play, and you're now three and eleven. You're the last place seed in the ACC. You've been swept by Notre Dame. You got blown out by Louisville. You were at the bottom, right? And let me tell you something. You don't have bottom-level talent. This is a bad job going on of late at Georgia Tech. I'm sorry. I know it's going to be, you know, we recruiting guys. But this is embarrassing. And, and by the way, Georgia's not much better under Mike White of late. Just call it what it is. Wow. They're 4-7 and seven in the SEC. They were 6-12. and 12. I could argue they're going to be worse this year in the SEC, and they're going to be worse in the ACC. So, yeah, I'm agitated watching our local teams Dang. not even in the mix. Wow. Right? And not to, not even to mention. Sick the, has March madness. Yes. He's mad no, I am mad. at our local teams. And, and I think the Hawks hit rock bottom last night as well. We'll talk about Trey Young when we come back. Wait till you hear what uh, Rajon Rondo said on a really, really big podcast around the NBA. Is uh, Trey Young going to head the likes of uh, Deion Sanders and Brett Favre? A Hawks version of that. Maybe happening right before our eyes. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.